feels perfect Other days it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong And everything in between Yo, it's crazy, amazing We can turn our heart through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life
uh, probably the biggest one, I guess, in, in a lot of people's eyes is uh, the presidential election. And so tonight is the first debate between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And uh, I'm pretty sure that there are a lot of people tuned in to that. Um, and, and and like I said earlier, I don't think it's because people are going to change their mind about who they're voting for. I think it's more so just, uh, I guess, a, a social protocol or, you know, who's going to catch you in the lie tonight? Uh, what is Donald Trump going to say that is going to uh, set people off? Uh, is Hillary going to get caught in her lies? But the people who are going to vote for Hillary um, are going to vote for Hillary. There's nothing that uh, is going to change that tonight. The people who are going to vote for Donald Trump are going to vote for Donald Trump. So, hey, why not be on the Butterfly Evolution Show? Uh, you also have Monday Night Football going on tonight. Uh, you got the Saints and the Falcons going at it. Uh, so we, we 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 know that there are a lot of things going on. So for everyone who's tuning in to the show tonight, uh, we have to send an extra special thank you uh, to you guys because uh, we know that uh, <laughs> it's a busy night with a lot going on. But nonetheless, we are back here just like we are each and every Monday, uh, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 o'clock Central. Uh, before we get started uh, with tonight's topic, just want to remind everybody, if you are listening by phone, uh, please make sure that you uh, press the number one if you have a question or comment, and I'll pull you in. Having to do things a little differently tonight uh, because <laughs> of all nights when my Internet isn't working or when Tammy isn't on the line, uh, having trouble connecting, so uh, hopefully you guys are uh, not having a, a difficult time hearing me out there. Uh, if you are, find a way to get in touch with me and let me know. Um, but for whatever reason, I can't connect uh, on my computer, so I'm having to do everything by phone, which is making it difficult. <laughs> but we're rolling on with the show anyway. Uh, if you're listening through the chat room, I will do my best to try to uh, pull you in from there, too. Uh, forgive me if I don't get there fast enough, but uh, it, it's not the, uh, the easiest when you're trying to do everything by phone. So we appreciate you guys uh, being here with us. Um, also, our trash can. We don't want to forget about our trash can. Uh, concept here on the Butterfly Evolution Show, and all that simply means is that we want you guys to uh, locate a trash can either at home or at work, uh, somewhere that you visit uh, frequently. Uh, it could be in your bathroom, could be in your living room, your kitchen, your office. Uh, but take that trash can and move it to a different location. And then we want you to see how often you go back to its original location. Uh, oh, I'm so glad Tim is about to sign on. <laughs> um, see how often it is that you go back to your original location. Think about the things that we do that are routine um, and we do out of habit. Not necessarily it's what we want to do, Okay but you do things because you get so used to doing it. So we, it, it is very easy and very comfortable for us to go back 
uh, to where we first started or where it all began. Okay. Uh, I think that we are up and running. Praise the Lord. We're going to, uh, I think my computer's working now. Yes, it is. That'll make it so much easier on the brother. Thank God for my wife who was, uh, who was in here trying to help me get that going. Cause, uh, <laughs> A brother was struggling over here, but I believe that we are uh, good to go. I don't know how long we'll be on tonight. I'm going to take the show as as long and as far as uh, I can take it. Um, but what we want to do tonight is just kind of embrace the things that have been going on um, in our society, uh, talk about those things, and if you have a Again, if you have a question or comment, please uh, join the conversation. Uh, don't don't let me talk for an hour or two hours by myself. Well, I know I'm not going to talk two hours by myself. I don't have that much uh, win. But I want you to join the conversation. Uh, the title of tonight's show is Let's Talk, Policing, Protecting, and Protesting. So I'm going to read the uh, the description for the show. And then let, let's talk. I'm going to bring up a lot of different points tonight, so uh, be ready to ask questions and and and, and uh, make your comments. So it's been almost a month since Colin Kaepernick first sat down during the playing of the national anthem. Since then, 15 black men have been killed by the police, according to the Huffington Post. The most recent one you probably all uh, have heard by now, this took uh, America by storm yet again. On Friday, September 16, 2016, Terrence Crutcher was shot and killed by a police officer, Betty Shelby, after his vehicle stalled on a Tulsa highway. The cop told one story, but the dash cam video that was released by Tulsa Police Department a few days later contradicted the officer's statement. Moreover, Many Americans are saying this further supports their position to stay with Colin Kaepernick and his protest of the national anthem. America is facing tougher times than ever before. There are people on both sides and butterfly evolution who really want to know your point of view and where you stand on this. And I'm going to start because no one has pressed the number one yet or posted in the chat room. So I'm going to go ahead and start, and I'm going to say this. Um, and I've said this before, Colin Kaepernick uh, a few years ago was in the spotlight. He had just sort of risen to, to fame and stardom. Uh, he came in and uh, he was a backup quarterback to Alex Smith uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. But um, because of a few different things, he ended up, playing a little bit, and then he played a little bit more, and he eventually became the starting quarterback. And when he became the starting quarterback, um, he led the 49ers to the Super Bowl. And, I mean, he was just in the spotlight. He had so much attention on him. Um, He was riding high. The 49ers were doing well. And Eventually, not necessarily the next season, but a couple seasons later, and last year was probably the last straw, fully came back down. 
off that high horse. And when he did, the 49ers were trying to trade him. And so last last year, the offseason, they were trying to shop Kaepernick around, trying to get teams to trade him. Well, the teams that they were talking to um, about trading Kaepernick uh, drafted quarterbacks in April. So those deals were off. So that meant the only thing that the 49ers could do at that point, either release him or if they kept him on their 53-man roster this year, they would have to pay him $18 million next year. So the third preseason game this year, Kaepernick decides he's going to uh, draw attention to himself. And he's going to uh, sit down during the national anthem. And when he when he sat down during the national anthem, he was asked questions about it the next day. Well, that just made things uh, blow up. Hey, Sammy. <laughs> that just made things blow up. And so when things blew up, um, he was asked why did he uh, sit during the anthem, and he said um, he can't uh, support or show pride in the flag um, of a nation that continues to uh, oppress black people. So let's let's talk about this first. Let's talk about Kaepernick's protest and where it was then and where it is now. So Number one, Kaepernick isn't wrong for exercising his right. Let's just get that out there. He's not wrong for exercising his right. Um, Whether we agree or disagree um, on his actions, uh, he has that right. But there are people who disagree with him. Let's also put this out there, that he's right about the way black people, people of color or minorities are treated in this country. He is right about that also. However, there are a few things that I want to bring up. And that is, number one, um, why didn't he do this when he was on top? When he was on top of the world, when, when people loved him, when he had the spotlight, why didn't he make this statement? Because black people didn't just start being oppressed this past summer. Young black men, even middle-aged black men, older black men, have been gunned down by police a number of times, long before social media. So why did this all come about? Me personally, I think, He knew he was on his way out of the league, and so he had to do something to salvage his his career, and he he wanted to put the 49ers in a tough spot because, hey, now if you release me, I can say I can pull the race car. I can say it's because I I, I did this because I exercised my right. So it kind of tied the 49ers' hands, and I get that they say that they support him, but they have to say that. They can't say that they don't support him, so they have to say that. Well, his protest 
has um, spread a little bit, and so now you have other NFL players uh, not sitting during the anthem, but you do have guys kneeling during the anthem. You have guys raising their fists. You have college uh, players doing it now. You have high school players doing it. You even have Little League teams doing it now. And so I want to hear from you guys about that. What are your feelings about that? Um, So whenever you're ready, just uh, chime on in here. But I think that it's a cop-out. That's the next point I'm going to bring up. I think it's a a cop-out because if if you really want to make a statement, why not sit out the game? Right now, it doesn't matter if he sits out the game because he's he's not a starter anyway. He's a backup quarterback again. That's how irrelevant Colin Kaepernick has become. And so he pulls his stun, and all of a sudden, he's relevant again, but for, for different reasons. And so to me, it's a cop-out because think back to the Montgomery bus boycott. There was an issue with black people being forced to sit in the back of the bus. Black people had to give up their seat to white people. Even if it was a black woman, we all know the story of Rosa Parks, even if it was a black woman, she was inferior to any white man. So if a black woman is sitting down and a white man wants her seat, she has to get up. So what black people did was, and I don't know, I'm going to guess that there were people who supported the movement that were not black just based on what I've learned about history because there were white people, and there are white people now. We're going to touch on that a little bit later. But there there have always been white people who sided with black people. There, there were white people, even during the, the times of slavery, there were white people who had a problem with slavery. I hope you guys don't think that the Underground Railroad was all about Harriet Tubman. Because where do you think those black people went when they got to the north? Think about where blacks were at that time. Think about what blacks had and what they didn't have. So there were people, black and white, I'm pretty sure, with the with the boycott or with the movement. Now, I didn't see them well, I've never read, never heard, never learned that they attacked anything other than the issue. They didn't say we boycott the national anthem. They didn't say we're not going to stand and say the Pledge of Allegiance. They never said any of that. What they did was they said, well, since we have an issue with the bus, since we have an issue with the public transportation, that's where our fight is going to be. So they refused to ride the bus until the law was changed. They found a way to get to work. They found a way to get to where they had to get to. They didn't take the easy way out. No one has still told me, and we're going we're gonna, to uh, talk about the, the, uh, the national anthem in a minute. But but no one has yet to 
tell me how protesting the national anthem is going to keep black men from being shot by police officers, by white police officers. Because I just read to you that 15 have been killed since this protest first started. 15. And this protest is only a month old. That's all, that's that's what uh, one every other day. That's how often black men have been killed by white officers since this protest started. Colin Kaepernick can do whatever he wants. Anyone else? But I'm going to ask the same thing I, I asked when Tammy and I first did this show a few weeks ago. Why now? And what's next? Because clearly this protest isn't enough. So what is our next move? And why is it that we are okay with uh, attacking things that we say, well, white people are doing things to oppress us? Okay, cool. And if we're going to address those things, I think it's great. But what about the things that we're doing to each other. Why are we afraid to attack the whole problem? If you've ever, if you guys remember being in math class, when it came to solving the equations, you couldn't just do something to one side because it's going to be unbalanced. You're never going to solve the problem if you only deal with one side of the equation. So as long as we say, well, we're going to stay on the left side of the equal sign and we're going to deal with everything that we feel white people are doing to us, we're going to deal with those things. But we're going to ignore the right side of the equation and ignore the things that black people are doing to black people. And we're going to ignore things that we don't even realize are coming from our actual enemy. Why is it that we're so afraid or we get angry if somebody says, well, let's boycott Nike? No, we don't want to do that. We don't want to boycott Nike. And we're going to talk about that in, in, uh, momentarily as well. So stay with me. Stay with me. Why is it that we're afraid to do that, though? Why is it that we're afraid to boycott these rappers and these singers who continuously disrespect black women in their songs? Why is it that we're still buying this music or allowing our kids to buy this music or allowing them to listen to it? We're afraid to say, you know what? As long as Lil Wayne or Nicki Minaj or Young Jeezy makes this music, we will not support them. See, we'll take a knee against the national anthem, but we're not going to take a knee or we're not going to refrain from listening to or we're not going to avoid the poison that produced in our own community. To me, I think that's a problem. If you disagree, feel free. Let me know. But that's a problem. Let's 
look at the the Star uh, Spangled Banner. Because I pulled uh, pulled a lot of things. Tammy, you'll be proud. Got a lot of notes here. And it says, what is the meaning of the Star Spangled Banner lyrics? Well, it says the meaning is to reflect the patriotic feelings of Francis Scott Key when he saw the enormous flag flying over Fort Henry. And it says that he was inspired to write the lyrics to the Star Spangled Banner after he had been detained by the British and had watched the bombardment of Fort McHenry during the Battle of Baltimore on the night of September 13th and 14th, 1814. Unsure of the outcome of the battle, he looked towards Fort McHenry, dreading to see the Union Jack flying over the fort. Instead, he saw the Star Spangled Banner proudly flying and realized that the brave Americans had been victorious. And this comes from American Historama. If you guys want to uh, look that up, and if you have some other sources, uh, by all means, uh, share them with us. Hello, Miss Butterfly. Well, hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? It feels so awesome to just to be able not to have to do all that stuff behind the scenes. I am a listener. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm scrambling here, trying to do it, trying to do it all. Ah, uh, no, you you got it, you got it. Um, I'm gonna jump in because I'm 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 gonna not be like I say that, and Lord, I'll probably get in the car and call from the car. But I'm gonna jump in. You said so much. I I, I don't know where to start. Um, and I, I'm I'm gonna literally probably piss some of my people off and. And and I'm just gonna I'm to the point now. It just is what it is. It's real, you guys. And and I'm not. I gotta say it how it is. We have issues. We as a black race have issues. And like you said, Rodney, why don't we want to deal with those issues? Why are we so focused on white people and what they think about us or if we matter to them? I'm so glad you said or spoke about there are white people who have supported pulling, getting people out of slavery, supported black people back then. So I, for one, cannot say that every white person thinks that I don't matter. If they did, I wouldn't care. I can't say that every police officer thinks that I don't matter. Um, And if they did, I wouldn't care. I heard a story. I'm going to share two things with you. I'm going to be quick and get on off. I heard a story (laughs) on uh, today. Don't laugh because I know you're saying, yeah, right. Uh, I heard a story today on um, D.L. Hughley's show, and they were talking again about, you know, white people, what they think of us. They read some type, They read some article from somebody. I came in on the very end, and this guy called in, and he said, you know, we're not, it's not that we're jealous of them. He said they can, they can uh, jump on their wife and get, get, get you know, kind of get a slap on the back. They can turn without putting on a signal and not get a ticket. And my my, my initial thought was or, or is on that, number one, black, white, blue, or green, you shouldn't be beating your wife. Based on his, his, his answer to this article that was read. And number two, if turning on your signal is the law, then turn on your signal. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that that does not take black people out of the equation of being stopped anyway because you can turn it on 
and still be stopped. My problem becomes with us is when we don't turn it on and we are stopped, now the cop is racist. And if you turn it on and, 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 you, and he stops you, doesn't your life matter enough? Are you so prideful and you so caught up in this black and white thing that you're willing to risk your life to be right, to make a point? And then when you gone, just like every other death has taken place, and I, I really feel sorry for the families who, who have lost their loved ones. But when you're gone, you're gone. So who are you really hurting? The police officers who continue to kill us in spite of Black Lives Matter that, that I see occasionally on and off, on and off, where whenever the news is on, whenever. It's almost like we're sitting around waiting. We're eagerly waiting for somebody else to be killed so we can get going. And mm-hmm. so we, again, we have some serious serious issues. I had a friend this week, had an accident. I got the call. She said, can you come? Because her parents were out of town. I went over and there were two white cops. And this, the person that hit her was a black guy. He did not have license and he did not, his license were broke and he did not have insurance. They chose not to take him to jail. The two white cops, they were just as kind as they wanted to be, very understanding, rough times, we all know, blah, blah, blah. Well, mm-hmm. in explaining the conversation, explaining the current, what had happened, um, a black man said to her, they should have taken him to jail. And she said, mm-hmm. why would you say that? Because he didn't have insurance and his license were wrote, they should, he should have went to jail. Now, I guarantee you, if the story would have been reversed and they would have taken him to jail, I really feel like his comment would have been, they shouldn't have taken him to jail. Yeah. So when we, I sent you a message, Rodney, a a link. When we judge police officers like they're all the same, then we're doing the same thing that we're accusing them of. I can't say that when I see a white officer that stops a white person, he chooses not to kill them when he has an opportunity to. I can't say he did it because that person's white. I hope that he did it because he was raised right and he sees life as valuable. Because one of the killings was by a black man. So we we gotta we gotta open our eyes here. And I'm a mother who have I have to have this conversation with a black young male, my son. I've had to have it from day one. But you know what I tell him? Why I can have compassion for or, or understanding for what police officers go through is because it's like your wife said, Rodney, right here on the show. Because if you were an officer and she used the pedestrian thing, if you remember that. If Brandon was an officer, guess what I would want him to do? I want him to make sure he makes it home by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. So I agree with you. Why don't we want to address the issues between us, what's going on with us, and take the focus off of making white people realize that we matter? Why? I feel like when we change the focus, 
and say, you know what? Now, I'm not saying don't deal with issues as they come up like they have. 15 killings, Rodney, I didn't know that until I read, read the description that you put out there. But I didn't know it had been 15. Why? Because I'm choosing not to engage because I feel like it's, again, I, n- nothing. I feel sorry for the lives. But I also think that the number 15, that it's been that many in such a short time, I'm, I, I feel so uneasy about all of it. Like, I don't even know what to believe anymore. So I just, I, I have not engaged in it. I've seen one of them, and that was where the, one of the, the videos where the man was backing up and he had his hands down. And it's just like, who would do this knowing that they are, they're being videoed? Like, who would do this, in my opinion, unless they've been sent out on a mission to do it? Might sound crazy for a bitch, but... I mean, if you had a child and you you you've told him over and over again, don't do this, don't do this, and yet he continues to do it. No, and look, while you are right there, something's either wrong with you or that child. So in this case, something's wrong with both all of us because we continue to 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 take it, with the exception of protesting and making a little noise when it happens. But give it two weeks, Rodney. Give it two weeks. Once again, if that, it's going to die down. And if we matter, then we matter every day, whether someone's been killed or not. We, you should be fighting so it does not happen again. Every day I should see Black Lives Matter posting, not just when someone's killed. Because that's the only time I see them, me personally. So that's all I have to say, Rodney. <laughs> I like it. So I, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna. <laughs> thank you, uh, Tammy. I know you, I know you can't stay with us too long, but hopefully you. Uh, hopefully you'll stay with us as long as you can, and, and uh, definitely. Yeah. I'm gonna uh, be here for another and, 15 minutes or so. So just just I'm okay. gonna I'm here, but you just do your thing. But I'm just I'm here. Okay. Um. So what I'm gonna what, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go back to the to, to the Star Spangled Banner, and I'm gonna so I've gone through why, at least from what I found, why Francis Scott Key wrote it, and then uh, I pull, I pulled out a few things and verses of it because I heard people uh, saying that uh, you know it's it's racist and uh, it's against black people. Um, because of the lyrics and so on and so forth. And so uh, if you look at verse 1, one of the things that I highlighted from verse 1 was the Star-Spangled Banner uh, was waving over the land of the flight that had resulted in Freedom from the tyranny of the British. The home of the brave lyrics reflect the heroic exploits of Americans to defend their country. Now, here's here's where we have, and I have yet to hear anybody say this. I've heard, well, you know, it, it, it the anthem, uh, the national anthem, um, it's racist towards black people, or um, something along those along those lines. But here's the only thing that that came to mind earlier, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong. Now, during this time, America was not the land of the free. 
America was the land of the free for a very small, and that was rich white men. And so even with the preamble when it says we the people, it was not talking about everybody. It was talking about rich white men because that's who held the power in this country. That's still who holds the power um, in this country. And so I don't know exactly where Francis Scott Key stood with all of this, but he was, I guess, expressing his patriotism to America. Now, if if he was expressing that for the way that America was back then, by all means, yes, he was supporting an America that he should not have been supporting, or he should, he was supporting in uh, something that mm, is very questionable. And so when I when I was looking over this, and Timmy, you're still on, so jump in at any time. But when I was looking over this, uh, even if you go to verse 3, it says Francis Scott Key describes the British as arrogant and boastful, and they were, in the lyrics that band who so vauntingly swore. The Star-Spangled Banner lyrics, uh, the hireling refers to the British use of mercenaries in the American War of Independence. The Star-Spangled Banner lyrics, uh, when it says, and slaves, this is in verse 3, is a direct reference to the British practice of impressment or kidnapping American seamen and forcing them into service on British man of warships. This was this was an important cause of the, of the War of 1812. And then it says, Francis Scott Key then describes the Star-Spangled Banner as a symbol of triumph over all adversity. And in verse 4, it says he was a deeply religious man and his words reflect his belief that God was on the side of the Americans. He refers to the the American nation and fighting for a just cause. Now, again, I'm going to say what I just said, and that is during that time, it was not about uh, about America being free because not everybody was free. But in Francis Scott Key's mind, when he when he wrote this, it was what patriotism was to him or in his mind. That's what he was talking about. And he was happy that America had been victorious because he really thought, because he had been captured, he thought that America was going to lose this war to uh, the British. And so he was happy that they didn't. Anyone who stands against the way things were in the past, I think, is right. Because even I stand against the things in the way the, the way that things were in the past. How how can you not? How can you be okay with slavery? How can you be okay with oppression? But to me, the national anthem is not our problem. The anthem is not our problem today. Because the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, hockey, doesn't matter, NCAA, it doesn't matter. They can all take the national anthem out of their uh, events. Please tell me how that is going to solve the problem of injustice. How is that going to advance black people? Because let's say they decided to take it out. Then what? What are we going to do now? We 
play and get upset with someone because um, the other team decided, well, we already, well, we know that she's going to protest the national anthem, so we'll just play it while the teams are in the locker room. And the young lady got upset. Well, the same way it's your right to, to protest is, is the same way that they can play the national anthem when they want, or they don't have to play it at all. question becomes, what's next? Because, let, again, let's say that they take the national anthem out. Because I'm going to tell you, I taught school in New York City. And I was there for six months. Not one time did we say the Pledge of Allegiance. In Virginia, we say it every day. In Virginia, it's frowned upon if you don't stand up as a child or as a teacher or as any adult and don't put your, your hand on your heart, especially in school. When I was growing up, it was just what you did. You always recognized the flag, put your hand over your heart, you said the Pledge of Allegiance. But when I was in New York City, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. And there are a lot of uh, cities around our country that have schools that don't say the national anthem. I mean, that, that don't say the Pledge of Allegiance. But I was teaching schools in Harlem. Didn't stop any crime in Harlem. The Pledge of Allegiance was non-existent. It didn't change the way people live their lives in New York. It meant absolutely nothing. It didn't stop police officers in New York from harassing people. It didn't stop police officers in New York from shooting people. As you saw, Eric Garner got choked. Didn't stop that. Didn't stop one man from selling uh, cocaine to, to the next man. Didn't stop girls from getting raped. Didn't stop the pedophiles. The the Pledge of Allegiance had nothing to do with it. Because guess what? The same way I saw crime in New York City, I saw crime in Norfolk, Virginia. Saw crime in D.C. Talk about some things that hmm, are an issue. Let's talk about some things that are an issue. According to... Uh, PEW research And I'm going to post all these links I just can't do it all and, and talk at the same time But I'm going to post all of these things On our Facebook page But it says in 2015 The average hourly wage For black and Hispanic men And $14 Respectively You want to know what it was For white men $21 this is the hourly wage. That is a 6 and $7 an hour difference. Multiply that times 80, you have a whole different paycheck. But let me ask you guys something. How often do you hear people talking about wage disparity? Last time you heard that on the news. When was the last time you saw somebody protesting or going into their job or trying to uh, mobilize or organize a protest or a boycott because white men get paid 6 to $7 more than people of color, than minorities. We're looking 
to 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 close gaps, so we say. But where we have our greatest issues, our greatest problems, I don't see many people trying to attack them. And when you have people like me, when you have people like Tammy, when you have people like my wife who will say something, people look at you sideways. Women have been trying to get equal pay or the same pay for the same job as men for years, and they still haven't gotten it. But how often do you hear that come up? Why isn't that in your Facebook news feed? Why don't you see that on Twitter? When was the last time you heard Anderson Cooper talking about those things? And see, if they don't put it on TV, all of a sudden we don't care. But we claim we have a problem. Yeah, we do. But I don't think the national anthem is our problem. The fact that as a black man, I'm going to make $6 less than another man for doing the same job is a problem to me. And see, the only way this problem gets fixed is if of justice or civil rights comes in and they force an employer to do the right thing. So why aren't we forcing or why aren't we pushing the issue? Why aren't we holding summits to get equality. Let's go to the phone line. I'm going to bring in the lovely Tamaria Jordan. Go, go ahead, sweetheart. Hello. Well, I must say that the show has been great thus far, as usual. So um, hats off to you and Tammy uh, for willing to go where a lot of people decide not to tread. <laughs> guess that's the best way to put it. Um <laughs> But I was sharing with Rodney earlier, uh, Timmy, and all the listeners out there, um, an article that I read earlier, and the article was titled, When You're Accustomed to Privilege, Equality Feels Like Oppression. And it's a gentleman named Chris Boschool who wrote it. Um, The article is awesome. But essentially what he was saying in that article was when we are accustomed to privilege, so when it goes to wages and other things, If you were to say we're going to make the wages equal for everyone else, the people who've been accustomed to making more will certainly feel like they're being oppressed or that their rights are taken away. And the example he used is one that I actually, um, I was talking to Rodney about it, and I, I couldn't remember if I was talking to him about this or someone else a long time ago, but I remember I used to always move for people when I was walking towards them because oftentimes they wouldn't move. But after a while, I realized, I said, why am I moving all the time? I have just as much right to this sidewalk as they do. So now I intentionally, if I I think we both should move over, but I will not move out of the way if I know the sidewalk is big enough for the both of us. They should be able to walk to my left. I can walk on their right, and we can both sit on the sidewalk. But for the longest time, I realized some people feel entitled 
to take up as much space as they want, and they feel as though they don't have to move, even if they're walking in a group. And this has happened to me recently, especially in the Maryland, D.C. area, where it could be a group of people walking towards me, and they won't move. And guess what? I don't move either. But it took, And that was the example that this gentleman used, and he said when he was approaching his coworker, his coworker got upset because he didn't move. And his coworker ended up shoving him, saying, why didn't you move? Because the guy was a little bit bigger than him. And he was like, I moved for you all this time, but I don't have to. And so he goes into it saying how um, typically when people have privilege, so when you think about the issues that are going on in this country, just because someone says, so the example of Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, and I do do agree, Tammy, so thank you for reminding us of that as well. If the media is not publicizing it, we're not talking about it. But I think people assume that these are mutually exclusive, that if you say Black Lives Matter, that means you don't care about any other life, which is not true. That's a good point. And, and, and I want to go back to the, that quote uh, that you made to Marriott, um, and that is um, about – uh, privilege. Will you will you read that quote for me one more time? Mm-hmm. Um, it's when you're accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. And the example that he used, he said he wasn't able to find out who came up with this quote because he looked for it and he couldn't find it. But the example he used is of a toddler, and he said, you know, as a toddler, when you're playing with your toys, if you go to daycare, you're not accustomed to sharing if you're an only child. And he said, so you're losing a little bit of your privilege when you go to daycare, and now the teacher is telling you to share your toys with other kids that you never had to share with. I think that's a good point, and I'm going to ask uh, Tamaria, do you think that is do you think that is uh, part of the uh, struggle um, today? And if so, how much of that do you think plays a part in um, our lack of uh, progress? Um, when it comes to uh, justice equality? Oh, I definitely think it plays a part. I mean, I've uh, had to deal with it in several situations. I won't rehash all of them here on your show. <laughs> It'll take too long. But I have seen it in play. I still see it in play. Oftentimes it's because people don't want to admit their fault. Um, and... What I can say is even myself, I've been wrong, but the thing is I'm willing to say I'm wrong. And I was sharing with Rodney earlier that I read an article about women and communication styles in the workplace and how some people, because of their position, expect everyone else to bend and mold to fit what they like, but they don't have that same compassion and or desire to bend and mold to fit the people that report to them. And it's a lack of... Um, I, I wouldn't say understanding. I think people understand it's a matter of will, um, pride, and ego. And for some people, I do think it goes back to that article, it's a, it's a matter of privilege, where if I give up a little bit of what I have to give you some of what I have, then I'm going to lose it. And I, as a society, we're selfish. Uh, you know what? That That's probably uh, one of the best ways to put it, and that is people are just selfish. Um, they they are they. I think people in our society um, believe or have made themselves that they want something better or want something different, 
but they can't get out of their own way in order to get to what it is that they say that they want. Um, and, and, and last question, at least for now, Samaria, um, why do you think it is that we avoid um, certain issues? Why do you think we, we spend a lot of time on uh, certain things, but we avoid um, other things? Like, I know you talk a lot to me about, um, you know, just the way that women are treated in the workplace versus the way that men are treated. But why do you think it is that, like, we will attack something like the national anthem, um, but we won't go and, and fight for, for women's rights? Why do you think uh, that is the case? I think some of it has to do with media, but then, too, it's one of those things that when society is not ready, it just kind of like no matter what you do, you get shut down. Um, and I know for me what I found is speaking up against what's right is often frowned upon. So if anything, people would have a problem with the person speaking up against the injustice than they would the person creating it. And a perfect example is I was speaking with a gentleman, and I was hearing them discuss women um, in, in a business context what was interesting is the description of the women was starkly different from the description of the men, even though they did the same thing. And so I looked at this person and I said, would your, I said, would your opinion of her change if she was a man? He looked at me like I had three heads because, one, I probably shouldn't have been questioning someone who had more authority than I did, but at the same time, my thought was the way you're describing this woman she did the same thing, but less um, less aggressive than the man, yet everyone commended the man on being so assertive, but for the woman, it was stated that she was too she was overly aggressive hmm. and I said, but her her mannerisms were mild in comparison to men, so I said, "Can you explain to me what the difference was?" And he looked at me and he couldn't. And he said, I hadn't thought about it that way. But you don't have to think about it that way because you're not a woman. Mm. But I have to think about it because I've been called defensive for standing my ground against something that was wrong. Because I said, um, you know, I disagree. And let me follow up with you based on how this should be handled appropriately. They didn't like that because I challenged their authority. What happened? I was blackballed for like mm, how many years? Several, several years, and I, I, it was one of those, it was a period where I went through a rough state in my life because I was wondering why everything was happening the way that it was. But I realized that God had a greater purpose, but at the same time, I think it's because some stuff people aren't ready for, and even though they claim to support and claim to care, like the issue of diversity, people claim to care until you talk about it. And then it, oh, you know what, it's not a big deal. Why? Because it doesn't impact them. You know what? That's a uh, that's a great point, and I, and I'm going to go back to uh, to something that Samaria said. Um, and and Samaria, feel free to uh, jump back in here at any time. Uh, I see that uh, Tammy is uh, is still on the line. So uh, Tammy, same thing. I know you're uh, you're busy, but uh, jump back in here um, at any time. Um, 
But I want to go back to what Tamaria said about avoiding uh, and hard topics. Um, I was thinking the other day, ever since this Kaepernick debate, I mean, this this Kaepernick uh, protest, excuse me, not debate, this protest, that led to a debate (laughs) um, all around the country. I have lost a few friends, and I have lost many more followers. And I guess it is because this is my I'm going to give my opinion because the people didn't bother to tell me why they created the separation. I'm okay with it. But my opinion is that they didn't like the fact that I held a different opinion. They didn't like the fact that I disagreed with Kaepernick. Now, I never once dissed Kaepernick's rights. Kaepernick has the right to do whatever he wants to do, and I said that at the beginning of the show. But my thing is, why now? And then what's your next move? Why didn't When you were important, when you were relevant, why didn't you sit out the Super Bowl? That would have made a real big thing. That would have sent the message loud and clear. You know what? You can have your game. Anyone who disagrees with me, think back to last year, the University of Missouri. It was around this time. Well, maybe a little bit later in the season, but it was football season. And those students had been quietly trying to get the president's attention about all of the racism and discrimination they had been experiencing on that campus. The president wouldn't hear them. The president kept pushing it to the side, kept blowing them off. Nobody wanted to hear them. They didn't get loud. They didn't get ignorant. They didn't start uh, blocking highways. They didn't start looting. They didn't start burning stuff. They didn't do that. They maintained their peace. They kept their protest. They stuck with their fight. And then one day they got some help, big help. They got it from the football team. And the football team said, we will not practice or play another game until something is done. And they thought the Bulls were playing until they didn't show up for practice. And guess what? They got rid of the president of the university and somebody else. I can't think of who it was. Got rid of them. The board said they have got to go. But why? Because if Missouri had forfeited that game against BYU that weekend coming up, the school, Missouri, would have had to pay $1 million. That's making a statement. Now, some people say, well, it wasn't like Missouri was good anyway. Maybe not. But Alabama can be terrible, and guess what? You're going to lose money. Penn State hasn't had a winning record every year, but guess what? Penn State makes at least $65 million per football season. 
money they make. So if you're trying to send a statement, you know what? Let's all sit out. If the NFL players want to make a statement, if, if, if the black players alone want to make a statement, say, you know what, no, we're not going to raise our fist. We're not going to take a knee. We're not going to sit down. How about we won't even show up? But see, they're scared. They're scared. Because we don't have the civil rights leaders that we had back in the day. We don't have people that are willing to be inconvenienced. We don't have people who are willing to put everything they are, everything they have, everything that they own on the line. Martin Luther King's wife told him she feared him not coming home every time he left out of the house. You don't think Martin Luther King feared that? He knew what he was up against, but never stopped him. Think about Jesus. He knew what he was up against. They didn't like him either. Here it is, 2016, and then people are saying, oh, well, this no, he never existed. Come on, that never happened. But people did the same thing back then. But he kept going. He kept the fight, no matter no matter what it cost him. That's where my mind is. I'm okay with losing friends. I'm okay with people not following me. I, because, see, I don't have to be rich. I would love for... Uh, uh, I, I would love to get the the, the, the uh, twenty million sales that E.L. James got for uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. I would love to, to have that, but if I never get it, I'm okay because see, I don't mind getting up and going to work every day. I don't mind. So whether I ever become famous or become a celebrity, it don't matter to me. I'm not going to change my message though. Because people don't like it. I'm open-minded, so I will hear what you have to say. And I'd be more than happy to talk to anybody. But if you think that I'm going to jump ship just because I'm worried about losing friends, no, I'm good. I saw so many people. Jumping on this bandwagon with this cabinet process, that's just, that, that's their right. But yet your own family and friends can't get you to support not one thing that they do unless you're going to get glory from it. These same people. Same people. I've had a number of people tell me, ah, oh, well, you know, Rodney, your stuff is too controversial. I can't touch that. They touch Kaepernick. And that's more controversial than, than anything I've ever said or done. So where do we really stand? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring uh Tamaria back in here. Go ahead, sweetheart. So I posted on the page, um, it's pending review. 
But one of the reasons that people don't speak up is because the ones who do oftentimes are reprimanded. And like you said, um, Dr. King's wife was worried about his life, whether or not he would come home. And I think the same thing holds true. The people who speak up have the most to lose. And the sad thing is they could be speaking up for everyone, but everyone's not going to come to their rescue when they need the help. And that's the problem is that as a community um, of people. So if everyone was saying, okay, we really need to train the police, we really need to help them understand how community policing works. If everyone did that, it would make a difference. But because it's still not everyone and it's like, okay, well, we have some black people over here who are fighting for it. We have a few white people, a few Asians, a few Hispanic. Uh, it's not the majority, so it's not a big deal. If the majority spoke up against it, if the majority did something, that's the only reason that slavery ended is because after a while, the majority decided, okay, this isn't right. It wasn't just blacks fighting by themselves for freedom. There were others. And so that's where it it's an interesting line because the post that I shared, it was a young lady. She posted a picture of dirty water in the bathroom. She was suspended. But yet people take selfies in the bathroom all the time. But she was suspended because she violated the school's no um, no photo or some type of um, cell phone rule that they have. And I get it. Okay, you want to punish people for violating the rule, but punish everybody. Don't pick and choose because she happened to highlight something that was wrong. And it's the same thing in the workplaces. The whistleblowers tend to lose their jobs. They may not get fired because, oh, depending on if they file an EEOC complaint or something like that, um, they won't get fired. But what will happen is the people will make their lives a living hell to where they quit. It's a form of retaliation, but I heard someone say um, that some individuals will pick apart someone's work just to get them to quit. They were like, if you pick apart someone's work long enough, you're sure to find errors, even though those same people aren't perfect. But they know if I want to get rid of someone, I can figure out a way to do it. So most people don't speak up because of the repercussions, and they know the same people that they're fighting for might not always have their back. That's a good point, Tavari, and I think I think that's why people, um, like you said, that's why people don't speak up. And I feel like people are always looking for somebody else to get the party started. Mm-hmm. They're always looking for somebody else to be first um, because nobody wants to go down by themselves. Someone has to be the scapegoat. Somebody, somebody has to be the scapegoat. Somebody has to be the one to say, you know what, let me step out there. And then after that, you'll step out. I bet you, now that you've made me think about it, I bet you Colin Kaepernick was not the first person to, I guess, want to do this. He was just the first person to do it Mm -hmm. um, in modern times. And then after that, all of a sudden, yeah, I'm going to do it too. And and when I watch these these kids doing it, my question is, what do they know about it? What do they know about slavery? What do they know about oppression? How many of them are actually passing history class 
those are the things <laughs> that came to my mind. Um, because again, we just live we live in this trendy society. If it's hot, I'm gonna jump on it. And someone said to me last week, and I really agree with this. If the media had never blown this thing up, no nobody would care. care. Nobody would care. Nope. If they, if people had just said, you know what, that's just right, moving right along, this thing would have been over. And really, I think it's coming to an end now because it's starting to get less and less coverage. Starting to get less and less. And again, what are those things that we should be focusing on? Where should our hearts and our minds be? Now, we've already talked about uh, wage disparities. And I'm going to jump into the next thing. And that is Black students are almost four times as likely to be suspended as white students. This is according to an article published by the USA Today. And it says African-American students are nearly four times as likely as their white classmates to be suspended from school. This is a reminder that more than 60 years after the Brown versus Board of Education decision, public school is a different place for many minority students than it is for white students. So here you have it in 2016. 2016, y'all. If you have a black child in school, guess what? Four times, four times, that's a lot, four times more likely to be suspended than a white kid. According to uh, the U.S. Department of Education, African-American students in grades K-12 are 3.8 times as likely to receive one or more out-of-school suspension as white students. 6% of all students, while 6% of all students receive one or more out-of-school suspensions uh, in 2013 and 14, the percentage was 18% for African-American boys 10% 10% for African American girls. However, for white students, it was 5% for white boys, 2% for white girls. And then according to the Civil Rights Project at the at uh at UCLA, this is some, this is a study that was done at UCLA. Suspensions in 10th grade alone probably result in more than 67,000 high school dropouts. Each dropout is responsible for $163,000 in lost tax revenue and $364,000 in other social costs, such as health care and criminal justice expenses. The total cost of 10th grade dropouts exceeds $35 billion. Some other fun facts for you. Gifted education programs 
uh, it's not our thing either, apparently, because at schools that offer that offer gifted education programs, African American and Latino uh, students make up forty two percent of the population at these schools. That's almost half. Yet only twenty eight percent of them were actually enrolled in the programs. So almost half of them make up the school, yet just above a quarter of them are enrolled in these gifted and talented programs. The same goes for English language learners who comprise of uh, 11%, but less than 3% are considered gifted students. And the, the the list just goes on and on. But here's my question. While we boycotting, protesting the national anthem, why are we at school board meetings? <laughs> or, for those of you who have kids, and uh, I'm sitting here cracking up because I've seen a number of uh, posts on Facebook about the debate, and it's exactly what I said. It's a circus. It wasn't going to change anybody's mind. But yet people are watching it for mere entertainment so they can be a part of something. Did you hear Donald Trump, or as Steve Harvey says, Donnie Trump? Did you hear him? Did you hear what he said? I've seen posts, people are, are, are just frustrated watching the debate. Don't really want to watch it, but they're watching it anyway. Got to watch it because, see, we got to be a part of that that trendy society. We got to be a bandwagon. And so we got to watch it. Our black boys and girls are being mistreated in schools all over the United States. And we haven't done a single thing about it. We don't go to parents' conference. We don't go to back to school night. We don't check book bags. We don't check homework. We don't go to school board meetings. We don't go to city council meetings. There's an education summit. We don't go to the education summit. We don't attend forums. We don't do anything unless it's going to give us some form of glory or gratification. But we claim we want change. Let me just put it out there. No, we don't. No, we don't. We want to be seen but not heard. That's what we want. Our hoping that somebody sees us kneeling down during the national anthem so that they can snap a few pictures, post it in the newspaper. Then we can say, hey, man, I made the paper. Oh, we're hoping that a camera catches us so we can say, hey, man, did you see me on the news? I did something. You ain't did nothing. You haven't done a single thing. As long as there are are wage disparities, you haven't done anything. As long as black students are being suspended far more than white students for the same offenses, you haven't done anything. 
You haven't done anything. You you pick and choose. And you think it makes you a hero. You think it makes you an activist. It doesn't. It don't earn you praise with your friends. See, everybody on Facebook talking about the election, you know, just having a misery party. Because not one person who had made up their mind to vote for Hillary changed their mind tonight. And they knew that before they even turned it off. But they ain't, it ain't going to stop them from watching it. Because how would you look not having a single thing to say when everybody's talking about the debate? How would you look? They claim that we're so secure and so independent, but we're not. We're not. But even in the Bible, it tells you that road is very narrow and only a few people going to find it. So if you are with the crowd, if I were you. But why are we not at the school board meetings is my question. Why are we not there? Let's move on to something else. Since we're talking about kids in school, please tell me why your kids don't have paper, pencil, backpack, lunch money, homework, emergency card. But they got them J's, though. They got them J's. I was reading an article. And I had never, I, I don't even. I've never heard of these, Jordans. I, I, I don't even know the names of them. I know some people that they can tell you every pair of Jordans that have never came out. I don't even know the name of them. I just know that the kids walk up to me at school and say, hey, Mr. J, I've got your shoes on. That's all I know. But I was reading this article, and these shoes are called the 72 and 10. That was the Bulls. Uh, record before Golden State broke it last year. That that I do know. I could put that together. Air Jordan 11. So this, and I've seen these Jordans before. I'll try to post them online, but I've seen these Jordans before. This particular shoe, not all the Jordans, but this one in particular, Air Jordan 11, 72 and 10 verse. Over 1 million pairs of these shoes were sold in 2015. One million. 1,073,649 to be exact. And guess how many of them were kids? 690,555. So almost two-thirds. Really? That, no, that's that's more than two-thirds. More than two thirds were kids. How long is your child going to be fresh with no education? How long is your child going to look sweet and they can't read? This 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 is just mind boggling to me. So we're going to boycott the national anthem. 
But we, we're not going to say anything about wage disparities. We're not going to say anything about uh, discipline. We're not going to boycott the Jordans or Nike. We're going to get mad if Rodney says, let's go out and boycott Nike. He can't be our friend anymore. But we're going to sit down during the National Anthem as if that's going to keep the next black person from getting killed. This is a great statistic because I didn't even know this one. Last year, Michael Jordan earned $100 million from Nike and other endorsements, according to Forbes, uh, Forbes magazine. Jordan played in the NBA 15 years. For the Bulls and for the Wizards combined, he played 15 years. He only made $94 million during those 15 years. So it takes him 90, it takes him 15 years to make $94 million playing ball. Actually working, showing up, busting a sweat. But now he's just chilling. Well, he, he's part owner for the Hornets, but that has nothing to do with these shoes. Dollars doing nothing, and the sales actually went up seventeen percent. I don't see anybody boycotting Nike. We're not gonna protest Nike though. I think it's sad. Moving right along though, let's talk about this music. That we like to listen to Since we got a problem with songs Problem with the national anthem Let's talk about music So I just grew up googling with music And uh, This song Broccoli Is 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 number one According to uh, Billboard.com It's number one And I'm just going to read I don't have the little uh, beat button So I'm just going to Kind of go around some things here. I'm going to read just a short section of this. And it says, in the middle of the party, B word, get off me. In the cut, I'm rolling up my broccoli. I know your baby mama fond of me. All she wants to do is smoke that broccoli. Whispered in my ear, she trying to leave with me. Said that I can get that blank easily said that I can hit that blank so greasily I'm a dirty dog I did it sleazily now (laughs) while we got a problem with music (laughs) and the national anthem let's say let's say we're right let's say let's say we we need to get rid of the national anthem. You gonna tell me we don't need to get rid of that? You gonna tell me we don't need to get rid of this song broccoli? Billboard.com. Because I googled top songs out there, and broccoli was number one. I had, had never heard of such a thing. Don't even know who sings it. D R A M. I don't know what that is. But that's what came up. But that's the garbage. We listen to that's the garbage we download. That's the garbage our kids are taking in. And I've said this before, and I'm going to say this again. 
these guys that are boycotting the national anthem, what are they listening to? Because they all got on headphones. I wonder what they're listening to on their way to their stadiums or arenas. What are they listening to? Because if you got a problem with the national anthem, shouldn't you have a problem with any song isn't pleasant, that isn't uplifting, inspiring, that sends a positive message? Shouldn't you have a problem with all of those? Just a question, but nobody is boycotting the rap industry. Hmm, interesting. I'm going to keep on moving here. I'm almost done, folks. I'm almost done. Samaria shared this with me a few days ago. While we are sitting here boycotting the national anthem, did y'all know that a federal court the let me see the eleventh uh, U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, to be exact, ruled that somebody can get fired for having dreadlocks. Well, they don't have to hire you, but they can fire you too, according to this. Uh, this comes from uh, the X X Factor, but I believe you can find it on any news source. Uh, but basically what happened was this young lady, uh, Chastity Jones, uh, she's a black woman. She took a job, uh, she accepted a job down in Mobile, Alabama, uh, working for an, uh, an insurance claims uh, company in 2010. Uh, the company requires its employees to project a professional and business-like image. Now, we all know that is subjective. Because what your definition of professional and business-like is probably different than somebody else's, especially if they're the employer and you're the employee, especially if you're black and they're not black, things might be a little different. So Chastity uh, said that this white human resources employee told her that she had to get rid of her dreadlocks because they tend to get messy. Not that Chastity's dreadlocks at that time of the interview or while she was there. They just said it. they tend to get messy. So when she refused <laughs> to change her hairstyle to either, I guess, modify it or to cut her dreadlocks off, the company rescinded her offer. They took an offer back. And Chastity sued, went to went to court. She lost. Then it made it up made its way up to the eleventh US Circuit Court of Appeals and she lost. So and, and it was unanimous. It was three to zero. So in other words, dreadlocks can be ruled out. In other words, for all of you ladies, I guess the men too in this case, because men wear dreadlocks, but for all, everybody's trying to go natural, just know somebody can tell you, you can't do that here. And according to this, this judge, they're not violating the law. 
It's not considered racial discrimination. Now, I hadn't seen this or heard about this until my wife said something to me. Have you seen it planted all over the news? Have you seen it all over Facebook, all over Twitter, all over CNN? I haven't seen it. But why aren't we fighting things like this? Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a recap real quick. I think that's my brother Trent right there, but I'm not sure. But I'm gonna do a, a recap here. Let's say they take the national anthem out. Let's say they just get rid of it. You know what? People that much. Let's just take it out. We're gonna take the national anthem out. I got a question for you, for everybody listening. Is that going to stop the next black man from being killed by a white police officer? Is it going to stop that? Is it going to do anything about the wage disparities? Is it going to employers pay black and Hispanic people the same thing that they pay white people? Is it going to take black men from $15 an hour to the $21 an hour that the average white man makes? What about our black kids that are being suspended four times as much as white kids? Is it going to bring an answer to that? Because if it is, then, yeah, let's, let's keep boycotting the national anthem. But if it's not, what is our next move? Our next move? Is it going to make somebody say, hey, you can wear your hair any way you want to? Is it going to change those things? Because if not, we have to find something else. I'm going to bring our call in here from area code 501, last four digits are 3165. Go ahead, call us. Yeah, I was just listening to the. I was just, just got into the call. My phone about to go dead, so I'm about to be real quick with this one. Oh, this is somebody uh, else. What's happening, brother? How you doing? How you doing? I'm, I'm just good, listening. Man, I, I, I'm good. I, yeah, I'm, I finally got off. I got off from work early, so I can I can actually talk tonight. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, it, it's, it's crazy that you just bring this up. Is that we want instant gratification? The national anthem is like it's like having a Confederate flag thing. It doesn't solve anything, and it really doesn't bring any attention to anything. But what it does, it gives us a sense that we're achieving something, which is a falsehood. Mm-hmm. On the national anthem, if you read one phrase in there, it, it, it keeps on saying the land of the free, home of the brave. But there's also mm-hmm. a phrase in there that says that refuge could not, uh, it could not save the slaves and, 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 and so on. So. Mm-hmm. In the land of the free and the brave, we were not seeing brave back then. So it did not apply to us. <laughs> yep. So so when you when you, it's a phrase that said, uh, I have to go back and read it, but it, I'm going to paraphrase it. It said, uh, refuse could not save uh, the, the, the slaves, and I forgot the other word that, that it used. Then it went on, then after it says, land of the brave, home of the free. It did not apply to us, for one thing. Now, and we still are not fully, we're still not full citizens yet. And people have failed to realize that because right now we are on hold because nobody has gave us full voting rights. Every so many years, our voting rights come up again for us to be able to vote as we vote now. We're not full citizens. 
So mm-hmm. what we need to be fighting for is the full citizenship. Now, do we own America? We own America. We have built America. Should we claim America? Yes, we should. This is where we live. But it's just like having a house. Either you can rent the house or you can own the house. We're renting the house, but we want but we want to have ownership responsibilities. We got to get mm. the ownership part right first, which is in our voting rights, which is total of what we need to get. Right, just have to wait for some president to decide. Oh, yeah, we're going to give it to them again. And so when the voting rights of nineteen, whatever year they they passed, it comes up again. They're going to vote on it and say, oh well, yeah, we'll give them that. Then we're going to well, we decided we're going to put it on hold again. That's the only thing I have against a, uh, our current president. He was the black president. The one thing he should have done was gave our full voting rights, where it shouldn't have, it should never have to come up again. That's one thing. Now, the part of when you say does it change anything, no, it does not change anything. This is the election year. They have to realize that they put people into communities for certain things to happen. A lot of these things that are happening are, are made to happen, not because it was just going to happen. They were made to happen. They were made to give sound bites. A lot of the shootings, a lot of these occasions that are going on are for sound bites, getting politicians something to talk about. I guarantee you once the election is over, a lot of stuff will die down. It's election year. Where was that last year? Where was that year before that? This is election year. This is big money right now. So, therefore, let's go kill some folks. Let's go make some things happen because I need some votes. Uh, where I get some votes is I got to make them I gotta make them want to want me. Give them something that they need me for. And listen to Donald. I don't like Donald Trump by no means at all. But the man will tell you exactly how they feel. He said, let me be your answer. He said the same thing, Hillary Clinton the same, but I don't think about him be putting it straight out front. He's the wolf. She's a sheep in wolf clothing. They're doing the exact same thing, just in a different way. He just he just don't care. He's just a straight racist. He don't care. He's dead part of the queen. He out there. He don't care. So he's like, hey, look, I got money. You know what I'm about? You know I'm, I'm doggish? Okay, here you go. You, you like me for who I am. Hillary on the other side said, look, I call y'all predators. I have put all the drug laws in place. And I'm a Democrat. Y'all been voting for me ever, ever since after Lincoln. <laughs> and we ain't denied from y'all anyway. Because all thing a Democrat is, is a Democrat. A Democrat is a Republican. She's from the South. She's a Democrat. Would make her a Dixiecrat. Would make her actually a Republican. And she's closing. And we've been, mm-hmm. we straight down the line have been voting Democrat, Democrat. What have we gotten? Other than when election time, they come to our church. They say some good stuff. Our preacher get up there and say, hey, vote for them. As a congregation, we vote for them. They put them in office and we get nothing in return. So why don't we decide that, hey, if we want to end racism, let's change our, let's change our economic outcome. Because racism is a byproduct of economics. Because before economics mm-hmm. took place, there was no racism. So therefore, let's get this Black Lives Matter movement. Let's go into the political arena. Let's change some things up. Oh, the black caucus ain't doing it. You don't even hear nothing about them no more. They don't even, they don't even meet with them people no more. Yeah. So back to your original question. What If we did whatever <laughs> way we would change, it would change nothing. Why? Because we don't want to change. We like being where we are as a whole. We enjoy this. Because if you take away what we are going through now, if we didn't have the the racist, the racist sound bites to, to, to help us along, if we didn't have those things where – Oh, he just makes me – who are we at the end of the day? We're a regular Joe. If we become regular, we're no longer the superhuman born of kings that we think we are. So my thing would be is 
Changing that, if you take away that film, it doesn't change anything like Confederate flag. You know, we, you remember what they were about? You remember last year when they, when they was doing the, the Confederate flag, everybody was in the uproar about that? When, when they got to take down, what happened? <laughs> it did change the thing, no. man. That's it. it. What happened was some more of us got killed. <laughs> that, that some more of us true, got man. killed. Hey, you know what? We think hey, killed. Go ahead. Sorry about that. I'm second. sorry for rambling. No, 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 no. You're fine. No, no, no. You're fine. I want to. Uh, uh, I want to go to a, to our next caller, but don't go anywhere. I want to see what our caller has to say before we move on, because uh, we got about 20 minutes left. But don't go anywhere. Uh, caller from area code 240. Last four digits are 6096. Caller, you're on the air. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. How you doing? Hey, man. What's up, bro? Hey, hey, what's happening, man? Hey, I I called a little late. I was watching the presidential debates, man. It's Woo. all good, man. I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a headache, bro. <laughs> I got a headache. Hey, man, I put it on Facebook. I tried to tell y'all, y'all might as well join the show with me, man, because y'all won't get nothing out of that debate. <laughs> well, I got one thing out of the debate. What's There's that? only one person qualified to run this country, and that's not him. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you that right now. I mean, I, I, it, I can dig it, man. It, I can dig it. Uh, let's talk about real quick. You, you, you mentioned a couple of questions. The first thing I heard you talk about was the. Uh, well, first of all, I agree with the last caller. Everything he said, uh, he's right. Hit it right on point. Uh, a lot of people are comfortable being the victim, and. I think that people need to understand life is hard. Tough Things are tough. Twice as hard, sometimes three times as hard to get the same thing as somebody else needs to do. However, it can be done. Um, you're going to be knocked down. But it, but back on the point with Colin Kaepernick and his stance, initially I'm, I'm a military veteran. So initially I've, I was very – not happy with the fact that he kneeled, not kneeled, um, sat during the, the flag. I didn't have too much of a problem with him kneeling. I get what he's trying to do, but at the end of the day, he gave a million dollars. What else is everybody else doing? You know, mm-hmm. it's not just about giving the money. It's about giving your support. It's about giving your time. It's about pouring money back in, into those communities that are having those problems, but at the same time, I, we talked about this before with Black Lives and Black Lives Matter. I finally had to say that Black Lives do matter after I watched the video of that young man being killed in, in Tulsa. That hurt me to my heart to watch that. Ignorant husband who was the one in the helicopter saying, you look like a bad dude. I call him Barney Fife. That's what I called him. He sounded right. like a redneck, hillbilly idiot. And I'm saying to myself, that's her husband. That's the kind of thought process that's in her home. That's why she shot and killed that man. But my, but somebody else made a great point to me, and they said, you know, Tony, out of all the people who have done all these shootings, why is she the first one to be indicted? And so quickly, all the white dudes shot, shot those black men, innocent black men, uh, some of them innocent, a lot of them innocent like uh, the guy down in Florida who had his hands up who was trying to help the autistic kid, and he got shot for absolutely no reason with his hands up. So 
you know, I, I had I had a conversation with my mother. I said, Mom, you know, you taught us when we were growing up, if we show our hands, we give them respect, if we do this, we do that, we do the other thing, that we should be all right and fine. And she said to me, and I quote, you still need to do those things because if you don't do those things, you're definitely going to get shot. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> it's like, okay. The only thing it so does, like, man, it gives you – it just gives you a chance, man. That's all it does. It gives you it a gives, chance. It, it gives you a chance, exactly. But my point is that the the thing that people need to understand, and white people are now starting to come around after they saw the last couple of shootings because they're like, this is a problem. Because mm-hmm. the first thing they want to do is attack the victim's credibility. But the last few victims had no records, had no anything, so they couldn't attack that. They were very compliant, and they still got shot, and people saw this, and they were like, this is a problem. This is a huge problem. And I had so many white people who had inboxed me after I wrote my post on Facebook about coming into my world and checking out my world and what I have to deal with. And they were all reaching out to me, and they were like, yo, man, be careful, man. Be safe. You know, this is this is just wrong. So there are a lot of them out there that really feel that way. Part of the problem with our country is that they want to vilify Colin Kaepernick for what he's trying to do, and but they don't want to talk about the race problem, that he's saying that this is an issue, this is a problem. You guys refuse to talk about it, so I'm going to make doesn't mean we're supposed to like it. Protest means that he's doing something that we're probably not going to like, and he's trying to bring attention to a problem that you should have been able to talk about. So with all of that said, the bottom line with everything that's going on right now is that we need to actually say what's, what's the next step? What's the next move? Where does it go from here? Because right now it's, it's muddy. We don't know. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we need to say we need to have a clear def- a clear path of saying this is where we're going and this is what we're going to do. Okay, uh, Tony, stay but right there, not- man. I want to go to our next caller for just a second. Just stay right there because I have a question for both you and Corey. And uh, uh, but I do want to get our our, our caller in here, um, and then I'll come back to that question. Uh, caller from area code three one four. Last four digits are four six zero zero. Calling on the air. Yeah, I would just call and want to make a couple of comments. You know, you called before this one made mention about the Dixiecrat Republican. That's not true. <laughs> That's 18, not true. Yeah, 18 Dixiecrats, and all of them remain Democrat other than Storm, Thurman, and Miles Gordon. <clears throat> they were the only two that switched over to become Republicans. The rest of them remain Democrats. And uh, as far as Kaepernick was concerned, Kaepernick, that is. I'm sorry. You know, the NFL had already made provisions for players who didn't want to, you know, go through that process during the, the national anthem. Just like public schools, your child don't have to pledge allegiance to the player. They can step outside the classroom. The NFL had already made provisions for them, just like the NBA. What got him in a firestorm when he revealed why he was doing it? If he had to say it because of religious reasons or something like that, well, nothing would have went on. And one other thing, too, 
deadly force as defined is determined by state statutes. All 50 states in this union have a different definition, or should I say interpretation of that definition of how deadly force is to be used. Now, what could be done is that they have a federal statute on the usage of deadly force, and it would be the same across the board. Okay. Uh, I got a question for you, for, for both of you guys uh, called a uh, current, current caller and for you, Tony. Um, and I'm going to try to, I guess, recap the show uh, because I've gone through a lot here tonight. But my question is, so we, we, we have a protest right now, uh, the biggest one out there right now, which is against the national anthem. But some of the things that I talked about uh, on the air tonight is uh, the the wage disparity that, you know, we're we're not talking about. Uh, the fact that black students are uh, suspended four times as much as as white students, um, the 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 big business that is Nike by way of the uh, of the Jordans, um, the the rap music that's out there that that disrespects um, black women uh, that uses racial slurs. Um, even though we say it's okay, it just depends on how you say it, but still a racial slur that promotes uh, gun violence. We still support that. Um, and then the last one that I talked about was um, how a federal court just ruled that uh, the young lady down in Alabama, um, that the company was right in um, – Resending her offer because she refused to uh, change her hairstyle because she had dreadlocks. Now, those are specific issues that, to my knowledge, we're not necessarily addressing or at, or or it hasn't gained as much attention um, as this protest of the national anthem. So my question to both of you guys, and Tony, I'll start with you first. Why is it that we are afraid to attack issues head on? And why is it that we as blacks get upset when we try to focus on one thing and then people say, okay, this is wrong, but why don't, why don't we have a conversation or why don't we deal with the whole picture? Why do you, why do you guys think that it's Tony, uh, you first. Why do I think that... <clears throat> People are not. Can you say the question one more time so I can clearly give yes. an answer what I would give? Yep. Let, let me see if I can. Let me see if I can rephrase it. So we are a, we, we are protesting the the national anthem, right? Because uh, black people and people of uh, of color, at least that was the reason that that Kaepernick gave uh, when he was first asked. We're protesting the national anthem because of the, because of the oppression of of black people and, and people of color, right? Correct. Even but even with that protest, it hasn't stopped, according to the Huffington Post, not just the young men in Tulsa, but 14 other black men from being killed by white officers since Kaepernick first started this. So even if the national anthem is removed from all sporting events 
what what's next? Why is it that we are afraid to attack issues head on? We have a we have a wage disparity um, in in this country uh, when it comes to black and white. We have True. issues in our schools with how our uh, black students are being disciplined versus how the white students are being disciplined. But you don't see people showing up at school board meetings or parents' conferences trying to do something about this problem. Um, oh, I can tell you. Yeah, I can tell you. The young lady with, with the dreadlocks. So why is it that we are afraid to attack issues head on? It, it, it seems like we we jump on things as they are trending. Remember, uh, uh, like like uh, first call the court was saying, you know, last year everybody was on the Confederate flag. Well, people are still flying, yep. at least in Virginia, they're still driving around with Confederate flags, but it's not a big deal anymore. Nobody cares. Yeah. Um, so why are they afraid to attack issues head on? Because a lot of people, one, you're going to laugh when I kind of say this, but it's the truth. One, if it's not a sporting event, we're not all in. I'm just being honest about that part of it. And it's, it's, it's being facetious, but it's also being truthful. We don't understand that we're supposed to be able to. You, sometimes you have you you have to attack an issue, which we're good at saying stuff, but you also have to follow through. Mm-hmm. And we haven't. We're not good at following through all the way, because if we were good for the only thing we followed through good all the way was the civil rights movement in this country. When the civil rights movement in this country hit around 1955 to 67, 68, it was followed through because people put their lives on the line. People put their their uh, livelihood on the line. People put a lot of different things on the line because they understood that if they didn't put it on the line, they weren't going to get the freedoms that they wanted to have. People are not willing to do that anymore. People want it now, but they want it easy now, and you can't. It doesn't work that way. I, I tell people this: the four centuries of problems that this country had with race didn't change overnight. From after after uh, 1964 Civil Rights Act was signed 52 years ago, what happened was it slowly dissipated in the sense of people knew they couldn't say certain things anymore because it was now being shunned, shunned apart. And then this guy came in and ran for office, and all of a sudden he just talks and acts stupid and says what he wants, and guess what? People feel like they can do that now. But the problem that you have with our our people is that they're not putting forth. There's some people who are trying to follow through. But there are a lot of people who won't follow through all the way, and you have to follow through. It's it's not a mar- it's not a, a sprint; it's a marathon. And I think okay. people understand that it's a, it's a it's a marathon. I think that most people are not willing to run a marathon; they rather run a sprint. They rather <laughs> one, run one hundred. Me included. <laughs> it doesn't work. That change doesn't work that way, bro. Yeah, like I, I said, exactly. You didn't get it. It doesn't work that way. It that's, takes it takes time. It that takes is, a lot that of is time. True. That is true. Piaki? Well, the first Civil Rights Act was back in 1866. And then in the 1850s, they had to establish a Civil Rights Commission in order to give, give some teeth 
to enforcing those laws, in other words, setting punishment. But uh, one of the reasons uh, why is because all blacks in America are not the same. They don't galvanize to the same issues. Uh, and what was that company that, with the hair, with the locks? Uh, the company was, uh, let me see, I can find it. It was a company down in Mobile, Alabama. It was, uh, Catastrophe Management Solutions. They were an insurance claims, uh, processing company. Yeah, well, you know, with a private company like that, it's kind of difficult to retaliate. If it was a chain, like a Starbucks or something like that, well, they wouldn't do that because they're spread out all over the country and they could face losing revenue due to boycott of something like that. But uh, I was surprised that the court ruled in that direction because I've seen times before where a person's hair is uh, can be dear to them and uh, mm-hmm. they would rule in favor for that person to wear their hair as long as it's neat and so on and so on and so on. So, uh, no, that's the reason. I think uh, uh, you have blacks is not homogenous in the United States uh, no longer. Uh, some of the reasons, some of the things that you brought out, I agree with. The education, for one thing, I think that, uh, and especially for those who uh, come from uh, disparate conditions, uh, inner city, I think the school choice, which includes vouchers, is uh, a way. When African Americans have been surveyed, uh, they overwhelmingly choose school choice, which includes full vouchers, so they parent can put their child where they feel is best for them. And uh, you leave them locked into the system that they're in now, public schools, not saying all is not going well, but wherever parents feel is best for their child to be, where they can derive the greatest benefit, that should be upon them. And really, uh, the state statutes uh, spell just that out. So, uh, you know, you put a lot of things out there on the table, and all of them, uh, it depends on the circumstance. Okay. The circumstance uh, that people find themselves in. I agree with that. Uh, any final words from uh, from either one of you guys? Tammy, I see your number, but I don't know if you are just listening or if you want to jump in here uh, before I close this thing out, but feel free. Uh, Tony Bianchi, any final words? Well, I'm just going to make mention on this police brutality. When you have a community that's majority black, 67% black, there's no reason in the world that all the police on that department should be be white. The police department, public works, city hall, fire department should reflect the population that is served. That there is is not that uh, they blacks is not going to do uh, bad things. We're talking about economic issues here. Uh, people that live in that community should have access to the uh, those minimum wage jobs that they are paying for with their tax dollars so that they can raise families and do all the other things that comes along with having a decent job. And I still say the biggest problem for African-Americans, quote-unquote blacks, the difference between the two, is economics. That economic paradigm has to be changed. And it has to start, not start entirely because it can be worked at multifaceted, but uh, the education system is just terrible. And blacks don't have the businesses that they should have. Businesses control politics. 
Politics control the police. I mean, that is the hierarchy. Police are employees. They are not the boss. And if you let your employees that you pay their wage and salary run buck wild and kicking your butt, then you have to ask who's the owner's on. It's a good point. Uh, Tony? Well, I agree with him, too, uh, what he said. I think that part of the problem what you have with the police force is that, um, I, I, and I said this other part, I, I have this this little part to it. I think that they should, if they lived in the communities they served, I think that they wouldn't treat the people, all the people in the community like they are not human. Because, see, if you are in a community that you serve and you start beating up people that you live around that you know, that's a problem. But the other problem is, like he said, um, if they're working in a community, 95% of them should not be white that work in a community. You should have some black and Latino officers work in those communities, and you don't see enough of them. So that's the problem. But a lot of them also grew up not trusting the police either. So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a major problem. Um, but when I was talking about the Civil Rights Act, I know that first one that was signed is 1866, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the one that finally gave almost 100 years, almost 100 years later, 98 years later, uh, the right to vote, which is ridiculous. That black American citizens in this country did not have a right to vote when this Constitution of the United States says that if you're born in an American country, you should have all the privileges and rights that an American has but they were never given that. That makes no sense to me. But that's what happened. Okay. Well, uh, before everyone logs out, I do want to say this. Uh, I know a lot of people tuned in late, uh, either because of the debate or uh, Monday Night Football. I know some people were working um, and had other things going on. But I do want to encourage everyone uh, to go back and listen uh, to the to the show in its entirety uh, because a lot was covered uh, on the show tonight. And uh, as I as I end the show, I want to uh, bring up something uh, else that um, I pulled uh, for tonight's show, and I'm gonna connect it back to the rest of the show, and then I'm gonna uh, turn the music on, and that is. Um, about eight years ago, um, this this lady that I was working with, she's from Mississippi, um, and she was telling me, she was a white lady, and she was telling me that the state of Mississippi could still have slaves. And I said, well, what do you mean? Slavery, slavery's over. Uh, that was abolished a long time ago uh, with the 13th Amendment. And so ever since she said that, mind you, this was eight years ago, I've been looking for proof. And so I finally found it um, in an article from uh, 2013. And the state of Mississippi was the only state that had yet to ratify the 13th Amendment, which banned slavery. So up until 2013, the state of Mississippi could have slaves. Now, 
Obviously, they couldn't because the, the, the union would always override it. But according to their state constitution, they never ratified the 13th Amendment. So this was in their state constitution for 148 years after slavery had been abolished. My point for bringing this up is this. If that was out there and not many people knew about it, what else is out there that we are blind to or that we are ignorant to? We can protest the national anthem all day, every day. We can sit down, we can kneel, we can raise our fists. But until we take the time to find out the root of the problem, find out what those issues are, and we heard several things from our callers, and probably the biggest one being money, economics. Until we get to the root of the problem, we're going to continue to see these same things. And I'm going to go back to something that I said at the beginning of the show. I really think this protest of the national anthem, amongst a whole lot of things, and, and let me say this. I think Colin Kaepernick is well within his right. He can do whatever he wants to do. But I think that it's a cop-out. I think it's uh, instead of attacking the real issues, the real problems, like the wage gap when it comes to blacks and whites, when it comes to education, when it comes to our, our black boys and girls being suspended four times as much as, as white students, when it comes to how you can wear your hair, when it comes to all of these things, those are the things that we need to be addressed. To me, if we're going to protest something, let's act like the Montgomery bus boycotters. Let's go right at the problem. We have an issue with police brutality. Let's get to the root of the problem. Let's stop burning down buildings in our community. Let's stop blocking traffic, and let's attack the problem. Let's stop looking for cameras so that we can end up in the newspaper and on TV because that's not getting us anywhere. At a rate of every other day since Kaepernick first started this protest, a black man has been killed by a white officer. So clearly, the process of the national anthem is not the answer, because I'll say this again. Suppose they take it out of sports. Suppose they say, okay, fine, you guys win. We are not going to play the national anthem again. Now what? What are we going to do next? And we have a problem with the lyrics of the national anthem. Okay, fine. Let's boycott the rap industry then. Let's shut down Lil Wayne and Nicki Minaj and all these other people. Let's shut them down. Until we decide that we want to address the problem and not the people, we are going to continue to have the problem. I've enjoyed this show. 
We hope that you guys will be back here with us next Monday for uh, part two of emotional intelligence because we never got through uh, part one. Uh, But we hope that you guys will join us next week uh, for emotional intelligence. This has been Rodney filling in for Tammy, uh, who's out on business tonight, but she will be back next Monday. We hope that you guys have a blessed week. We'll see you next week, same time, same station. Good night, everybody. Be too.